welcome to my coaching podcast, Dancing in the Moment, where I chat to people from the world of coaching and psychology about their story, their approach, and their insights about the coaching profession. They're all people I like, respect and admire for the way they show up in the world. I hope you enjoy it. I'm delighted to welcome Anna Rasmussen to this week's podcast, Dancing in the Moment. Anna completed the Barefoot course. We were just trying to remember. We think it was about 2008. And um, as you know, those of you who listen to this regularly, I'm speaking to people who've been through the Barefoot course and have built successful businesses. And Anna certainly has. She is CEO and founder of Open Blend. And I'm going to leave Anna to tell you what Open Blend is. So, big warm welcome to you, Anna. Thank you very much, Kim. Thank you. Um, yeah, so as Kim mentioned, I'm founder and CEO of Open Blend. Um, and Open Blend is a people centered performance tool that um, enables managers to support all aspects of an individual's development journey. So we look at work life blend drivers, well being, uh, performance objectives, and feedback. Um, and underpinning all four of those areas are coaching frameworks. So um, we use the Grow model, the Blend tool, capability motivation um, and a so what now what framework and those frameworks underpin as I said all of those areas to support managers to navigate their way through a a very good coaching led one-to-one and they do that through a piece of software do they yes yep absolutely it's it's um yes it's a it's a an online tool so it's a piece of software yeah so this is what I really love so much i hear you talk about your company now what you haven't said is that you have you know global clients from you know massive corporate organizations you work in all sorts of great names i noticed on your website like you work with ls kitchen you work with lacoste you work with avios and many others yeah yeah and what and i remember you on the course like i remember everyone on the and I remember on the course and post the course when you first started talking to me about this kind of seed of an idea you had yeah um and and you were talking about how if I remember rightly some of those simple tools that you've just mentioned the grow model at the time I think you were talking about the wheel of anything as well so what now what kind of questioning process you were unique in saying to me, my goodness, these are really valuable tools for anybody in their own right. And I want to find a way of taking these and getting them out to more people so they can have better conversations. And at that point, you were kind of just developing the idea of some kind of app, I think. Yeah. It's, and to see where you are today is astonishing. I'm, if I'm allowed to be, I'm proud of you <laughs> so actualizing i don't mean it in that way but i'm just it thrills me to see the company that you've built and also i hope that this podcast is an encouragement to those people who've been through the program who think oh i need more 
I have to go and now do an NLP course or I have to go and do a psychology degree. I have to find more tools and techniques because I am totally in your camp, Anna, that these fundamental coaching principles and coaching tools are value in themselves to people who don't already know about them. Yes, and, and they're really simple. I think I, I left the course um, and yeah, as I think around 2008 and then um, set up my, I was very fortunate because once I finished the course, I went back to the company I was working for and said to them, look, can I work where I was head of L&D? Can I work part-time so I can set up my own coaching practice, the other half? And they said, well, actually, you know, we think that might be a conflict of interest. So go and we'll retain you to deliver all of our leadership training anyway so it was it was fantastic um way to start off so i had a regular income coming in from the retained work from the current organization and then i spent the rest of my time coaching people one-on-one -on -one, but very quickly started going because of my leadership training background going into other organizations and training groups of people managers how to use coaching techniques to get the best out of their people so as well as doing one-on-one -on -one, I was also sort of regurgitating it and supporting managers how to use it within a leadership program um, and what I was just really struck by is actually the grow model the wheel of anything these are really straightforward coaching frameworks that given put in the right hands can support people to have um, much more effective types of conversation. Um, and I, and the other thing that I was really struck by is when I came off the course is that co coaching is such a powerful intervention and it, it is so beneficial to anyone on the receiving end of it. And I, I got very frustrated with the fact that coaching tends to be, kind of certainly within a work um, environment tends to be exclusive to people that are at the top of their careers or to um, sort of you know especially as you know the chosen ones the high potentials across the organization whereas actually everyone deserves to be on the receiving end of a decent coaching conversation so the only way of achieving that was to ensure that managers could do that so democratize the coaching in a way and get managers to be the ones that are kind of enabling everyone that works for them to be on the receiving end of a coaching conversation so i kind of i, I was fueled i had a couple of you know before i came up with the idea i had a, these sort of nuggets of things that these frameworks are straightforward these managers need it because people will benefit from being on the receiving end of these conversations but that was all before the idea came about but i was kind of i'd identified that quite quickly yeah so tell me more about the next stages then <clears throat> the idea grew yeah so what yeah so it, it actually kept so i um i was probably working on my own for about three years um so as a coaching people one-on-one -on -one and and delivering coaching content within leadership programs into other organizations and then i had my daughter may um in um well it's got a couple of years so 2010 um and i was on maternity leave and i've always been a, a high achiever i've always wanted to um kind of do more i've always kind of itched to um sort of progress and learn and you know be more and i was sat on maternity leave and i think for the first time thought bloody hell how am i how am I, how am I going to scratch the itch of this kind of always wanting to achieve? And then looking at, you know, May in this little carrier thinking, crikey, how am I going to do all of this? And was struck for the first time, with this sort of notion of work-life balance. And I thought, God, this notion of work-life balance is rubbish because it implies that 
when one goes up, the other one goes down. And actually I want to, I do generally want to have it all. So, um, I drew myself the wheel of anything and uh, just started sitting at the kitchen table, drew the wheel, broke it into eight pieces. And I populated each of those eight pieces with things that I need in my work and life in order for me to, you know, thrive and do everything I wanted to. And then scored each one and scored it again and wrote little actions down on what I needed to, needed to do. And then um, I thought, well, that's quite effective. This has kind of made this, I feel quite empowered to kind of, I can achieve everything. and. I called it work-life blend because I hated the term work-life balance. I think it was, it was limiting. So I called it work-life blend. And then um, I started using it with, when I first went back after maternity leave, I started, I was doing a lot of maternity coaching. So I really, I felt very passionate about that. So I started using work-life blend with all of my clients. Everybody loved it. Um, I thought I knew straight away that I was kind of on something. It was not just the tool, but the name of it as well. And I used it with men, women um with kids without kids young old everything in between and everyone was like jesus like work-life blend this is a lovely way of looking at it so i thought okay maybe i am on something with this tool so then i thought right well um let's put it in some research um and see how it sits and at the time i was very passionate about uh well i'm still very passionate about it but i um about women and women in business. And so I decided to do a piece of research called Keeping Women In. Um, and I used the work-life blend tool at the heart of it. So I went out and I interviewed um, 250 high achieving working mothers. Um, and, uh, and I interviewed them, each one for probably about an hour and a half. It took me 18 months. I had a couple of people helping me, but it took me a good 18 months to conduct all of these interviews. Um, took them all through the work-life blend. And the idea is, was to establish, was to find out what women needed businesses to do to keep them in. So I called it keep women in um, instead of lean in. So it's a play on words to the Sheryl Sandberg book because I thought lean in, yes, I get the concept, but this is something else the women need to do. What does the business need to do to keep women in? Yeah. So I just went out and asked the women, what does the business need to do to keep you in? And I used the, the blend tool at the heart of it. And um, through that, just got more confirmation that this is a, an incredible tool. Um, and uh, I built a fantastic network actually off the back of those interviews. Um, and within those interviews, I had sort of a, a few sort of group sessions and someone said, God, you should make an app out of this. Um, and, I, and I thought, yes, I should make an app out of this. How can I get this tool into the hands of people to use it in a work environment? Because what I was struck with very much so was that the conversation that was enabling me to have with everybody that I used it with should be the conversation that's taking place between them and their manager, because it's everything their manager needs to understand to support them. Um, so when they, they mentioned this app, I thought, yes, that would be a brilliant way to get this in the hands of people that can um, actually use it effectively in the workplace, which takes me right back to when I first went out on my own and saw this kind of frustration that, you know, people weren't on the receiving end of these conversations enough. So, um, yeah, that's where the idea came from. Um, yeah. You make it all sound so easy, actually. Um, so I want to ask you a few questions about it, dig a bit deeper. The interviewing 250 women over 18 months um, and doing research, I can, first of all, I can really see what a fantastic thing to do 
that is for getting new clients actually to give to to go and do some research there's a tip for anyone listening 100 <laughs> percent yeah. to your target audience and say i am you know can i spend some time with you can i interview yep. you try out this uh, because I, I yeah i think i know i was involved at that time i came to the um sort of expose of all yes the launch you did i remember um, um, but how did you know even how to do research? Was it a formal academic research or was it just a kind of survey that you'd come um, up? If, if, if I make it sound easy, I think it's because I found it easy. I, I'm, so, um, I'm so interested and, pa and passionate about what I was talking to these people about like that you know I I it was probably a time in my life I just had May um I was hugely passionate about supporting women in the workplace these were the, the women I was talking to so the target audience of this research were high achieving working mothers so I was kind of in awe of all of them anyway and absolutely genuinely wanted to hear what they had to say so I didn't none of it was ever a chore it was always kind of really interesting um when I uh decided that i wanted to do the research it was around it was around the same time that i got back in contact with somebody called mel forbes who was the ceo of guidant group and i'd known her well, i've known her probably now for about 23 years something like that but i i knew her from ages ago we lost contact but i just started to see her pop up on kind of linkedin and places like that where she was out talking about women in the workplace and she started to have a bit of a voice in this area so I thought when I decided to do this research I thought I would give her a call and just talk to her about it so we met in Reading actually and um, had some lunch and we caught up on everything and I said that the reason I you know wanted to meet because I want to talk to you about this research and I just to see whether or not you wanted to be involved in it or get your thoughts and she was just like really struck by you know what what the what it was all about and what I was trying to achieve and she offered then for guidance to sponsor me to do it so she um and that the sponsorship uh well a with it was a massive confidence boost um to start with and I and I had her backing and she's just a dream um and but I, she gave me um a, an analyst as well and she gave me access to all of their clients so she helped because quite a big thing is getting these 250 people so how do i actually get these people with um so she helped me do that as well so um and then when it came to the launch that you came to which we held at ey you know yeah. they, they were a client affairs they helped put that together we had all the report laid up so we used their marketing team at the end so um you know i had i i had that as as a backing but i did all the grunt work you know i went out and kind of did all the interviews and stuff yeah. um i remember the launch it was really inspiring it was really inspirational and i think i'm pulling out a few things here that might be of use to people listening first of all use your network um and ask for help a number of times you've already said you know you've you've asked for help even going back to your initial um employers after you've done the course and and having that conversation with them not everyone dares to do those things um having that having that conversation with mel yes led to this um and also your clarity about your your sense of mission actually and your clarity around that your sense of passion and being 
uh, credible at that time. You know, you were um, a new mum. You were yeah. thinking about what about, you know, how do women do this? So I, I, I encourage people when they're thinking about their business, if they haven't got a natural kind of drive towards or, or this sort of burning sense of mission about working with a particular client group or delivering a particular message um don't force it you no. know people say oh oh i'm thinking i'm sort of inventing a niche but you can't invent a niche it has to come from a real desire to kind of mobilize some energy with a particular group of people in a particular way and you you exemplify that Anna, at that time it felt like something very important to you yes and, I, and and it still is today and i and i think it's it's such hard work um it, it, you know building a business is extremely hard work and you're gonna get knockbacks and times where you doubt yourself and but it, all of that kind of fades away and is diluted if you're on a mission to achieve something and I, uh, yeah, and I, and any message, um, and anyone who is thinking about setting up their own business, if you, you have to believe in it authentically, you have to really want to do it because it's, I don't go to work and then go home. I, uh, I, I am, I live and breathe my, my, this is an interest. This is a, a, you know, a passion of what I want to do. The stuff that I'm learning about is how to be a ceo how to scale a business so that, that's all the stuff i'm learning the the stuff that sits at the core of it which is, which is this passion and this drive to support people to reach their potential I, that's that's i know that inside out like that's uh, that's right in the middle of it all in your beating heart isn't it yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. okay so then the app yeah so then one of the um amazing women that i met doing the research was uh karen blackett who um at the time was the ceo of mediacom went on to become a chairwoman actually she still is a chairwoman but now is a country manager for wpp i mean she's like a sort of celebrity in in that world she's amazing and i interviewed her i remember sitting in her office um interviewing her um all on paper so I had all my sheets printed out and um, sat there uh, interviewing and, and, she, and she was like, gosh, this is, uh, this, this tool is amazing. Um, and I told her that I wanted to get it into an app. And she said, I tell you what, when it's ready, we will beta it in the agency. So I was like, crikey, okay, brilliant. Now I need to get this ready because Mediacom are going to be, are going to beta it. And the beta is just that they, they take it on for free and then they just test it out and we onboard people. Uh, to use it and then they use the tool and then we get all the feedback and um yeah very proud to say that mediacom is still a client today which is great um and we and then we did that so we got the um i didn't you know i'm a coach and i thought okay how do i even begin to think about um creating a piece of software so i was in a, a training course um i was delivering a training course to some um managers in um uh an agency in in the West End and in the break I just one of the guys said to me I said what do you you know tell me about your business and I told him about what I wanted to do and he said and I said I've got no idea how to get an app built um and he said well I I know 
a developer who takes on sort of bedroom projects and I know a designer well, introduced me to one or the other and the other one knew the other so I ended up finding two guys who were very young and one was a designer and one was a, a developer and I met them spoke to them on the phone I remember driving over to a pub in um, Ascot because it was kind of halfway between the two and I had these big pieces of paper with all my, I didn't even know at the time they're called wireframes, but like these wireframes all drawn out on how I kind of see this thing working. And then we went to work and we designed it and built it and we got a company name, Open Blend, and then we got a logo and we did all these kind of things. And obviously I was working all the rest of the time and um, delivering training and coaching people and we were just building this thing in the background and I was using my money that I was earning to pay them and we just got this thing going and it was really I don't know it just seemed it was just fun it was just a project I had absolutely no idea how it's going to end up um and it was just a coaching tool you know we were just going to get build this thing to put into businesses to, um <coughs> and it was only about well-being and blend at that point and it was only built for women I think at that point if I remember right I think we were just doing it for women and then when um and then Mediacom said we don't want it just for women we want it for all parents and then when we offered it to all parents there was uproar with everybody else because everyone it's not about kids you know everyone's got a work-life blend so we actually just went into their net for everyone um and they're using it all now for their high potentials um so it, it um yes yeah, so we, we, we got it built into a prototype um yeah and that and that was it and then when and then we, I got to a point where um we were ready to go into Mediacom and I was introduced so I joined this um uh, in in each kind of borough they have um a government funding for high potential businesses and I got in touch with them and they deemed Open Blend as a high potential business so they gave me a mentor and I went over and saw her kind of every couple of weeks or something has taken her through what I was doing. And I was, I was very, one thing that I've always done and I still always do is um, ask for help all the time. Who can I surround myself with? Who is going to help me and make, and I'm going to learn from. So I've, I have absolutely no ego. I've never had an ego. If I don't know how to do something, I'll go to people and ask them. And, yeah. uh, um, and I said, I just don't feel that comfortable with the tech side of it. And she said, oh, let me, we've got some people that we know that in, in the um, network who um, are angel investors, they want to invest. And I've got this guy called Charles who is looking to make an angel investment, but he's also a CTO. So he's technical. So I met him in a pub as well. I think that's a the theme. <laughs> I met him in a pub and um, I showed him the prototype that I had and I showed him my, I told him about my idea and he said, yes, I want to invest in you and I want to invest in this idea and give me this tech and the name of this bedroom developer because we need to get this sorted out. So he helped me get all of that sorted out. Um, and then he, we got it. So then we started building it from there. So he then became a CTO. So then I had a business. I think we incorporated the business then. And then I, I remember giving him a share certificate. <laughs> um, and um, yeah, and that's how it, then it started. So Mediacom were betering it. Um, and then I had a good network of clients. I worked with anyway, maternity client, you know, different organizations. So I just went to all of them and spoke about it. And then it just, it kind of went, it went from there really. It's wonderful. I, I feel excited every time I meet you and talk to you about it. I'm so conscious about how much you ask for help, how much you use your network, how much you build your network. And I'm sure you do it 
by enthusing, because you can't not enthuse, Anna. You are enthusiastic about this. Your sense of mission about this is, is always palpable. So uh, I'm sure when you meet people in pubs, it's because you are talking about this thing that you do. And, yeah, this is a, so do I. So do I. I actually even remember one time, this is a terrible story in a way, but I went to a family funeral of a really elderly relative. And um, at one point, my dad came over and sort of yanked me away from the person that I was speaking to and said, I can't believe that you're selling them coaching. <laughs> Telling the coaching, I'm just telling them what I do, but it's that level of you just just give everyone the experience and talk about it with passion, um, and and I just want to get that message across really clearly. When 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 I started uh, the Barefoot program, when I wrote the Barefoot program, we had a couple of days on NLP on the program, and uh, we had a day on listening and I remember thinking to myself who are two people who I would really love to come and do that who are two really kind of famous people that would add credibility to the program because I didn't have a lot of credibility at that point myself and I remember phoning a guy who's a really famous uh, author and deliverer of NLP training who lived in Brazil at the time and just picking up the phone and saying I'm starting a coaching course would you come and teach on it and he said yes yeah and, and I did the same with Nancy Klein as well who still teaches for us at Barefoot and, and it's surprising how many people say yes but, but in that call you would have known exactly what you were doing what you wanted I think you know people you don't have to have loads of experience to um have credibility you just need to know what you're doing so we, we we're now seven there's 17 of us in open blend now and we're you know we're hiring good very good some very good people into the business now so you know they could go to a number of different businesses they could go to startups that have you know much later rounds of funding who have got millions in the bank to spend and all the rest of it we're still early stage of where we are um so why are they why are they coming to work here and and i and a lot of people say that they they join because they of my passion and you know the founder and how excited i am about it but also we've got loads of clarity about what we're doing yeah. so this is where we are now this is where we want to be this is what the journey looks like in between this is where you're going to come in and this is where your help get us to where you are and, and people buy into a journey and a and and a story and the passion okay. and yeah yeah, yeah. And, and you picking up the phone and to someone, you know, and just saying, right, this is who I am. This is what I'm setting out to do. Will you, will you come and teach on it? People, people want to be part of a journey and part of something um, special. So I'm sure you would have framed, it would have given it a bit more context, but that, that I think as long as you know what you're trying to do um, and, and you know what, how people are going to help you along that journey, I think people want to help. Um, and I'm flattered to be asked for help as well, I think. Yeah, I agree. I, I really like that idea of a story. I was doing a workshop in a, an office recently. Um, it was, it was Dan Elm's offices. I wasn't working for them, but I was doing some delivery in their offices. 
and I was really inspired by a, a lovely kind of roadmap on the wall, you know, a visual representation of Dunelm's growth. Yes. And it started with a, a market stall in Leicester. Yeah. And they're all lovely little shops all around the country and uh, parts of their story. And I was so inspired by it that we're going to do that in our office, in our yeah. new offices. Yes. Yeah. It's a sense of uh, continuity, legacy, future. Yeah, we have, we have that in all our onboarding packs. Um, so we take people on the journey. So this is what happened to 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. So yeah. all how the product has evolved. And it's more of like a product journey, but um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I've got a, a couple more questions before we end up talking all day. Um, what next? Where are you going next? Oh gosh. Right. We're right, we're right in the thick of it now. So we are, so um, the product has evolved massively from the days that we've just been talking about. So um, the product now is we're, we're a performance management tool. So what the, the, and, what happened was that and we have probably had four or five clients that were using it as a coaching tool and they were having these great conversations talking through the blend tool which is the wheel of anything using the grow model to facilitate conversation and kim you wrote gave very kindly helped me write a load of those questions that are still in there today um so there's prompt there's coaching prompts within the software to help managers have the right kind of conversations around each of those areas of the of the blend and then well-being and then and then all the feedback from the users was told really early on, actually, that you need to be an outside in organization. So if you, when you evolve the product, you need to listen to what your customers are saying to you. And they said that we're having these amazing conversations. Um, and then we have to shut the computer down and then have a conversation about performance somewhere else. Um, can you put performance in the tool? So, and when a number of people have said that, so, so fine. So actually managers need support to have, good coaching led conversations around performance objectives as well. So why not? So we put um, performance in your, your, you add your um, objective in, and then we facilitate them through the grow model um, to have the conversation about achieving that performance objective. And then within the option stage of the grow model, we've put capability motivation. So again, another prompt for different types of questions that you should be asking to support them to understand what the way forward is. Um, and it's all through the software, so it's really easy. So we put performance in there and then all of a sudden, and it, it, we became a performance management tool and that's a whole other world. Um, so we're, um, you know, we, we, we're doing extremely well in the performance management space now. So organizations are taking Open Blend as a people-centered performance tool. So they're getting rid of all their kind of appraisals and reviews and things like that. And they're using Open Blend as their performance tool. So it's people-centered because it's all, you know, performances driven by an individual and you have to understand what the drivers are of that individual how and support them to reach their potential in order for them to perform well so we've kind of brought these two worlds together sort of looking after your people and the performance side so we've married them together and then our the um users were can we have some feedback in there because if we find it managers need support in having giving feedback to people. So we've got a feedback functionality where we support the manager to not only gather feedback, but also to support them in the conversation to give that feedback back to the um, manager, uh, to, sorry, to the employee. So, and, and now we're, I spent all day yesterday um, in a room with an investor and the CFO where we're looking at kind of the product and how we're going to take this forward because we're going for um, a, a, another round of investment so we need to get all our 
ducked in a row for the future um, and you know what, how this product is going to evolve further um, so we've got lots of amazing ideas um, of how this product is is going to is going to grow but our the, the our pixie dust is that we're people-centered so we put the person at the heart of it and that we use coaching frameworks to facilitate good com decent effective conversations um, and that and that's when we will continue to grow out the product with those those with that pixie dust in there so blend and well-being and coaching will always underpin every area of the tool it's really clear it's really beautifully clear i can see why people want to come and work with you <laughs> do you want to i'd love you to <laughs> you can be my resident coach <laughs> i've got other things to do at the moment but give me Yes, and I'll be there. That's it. You've, 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 let, you've, you've given me a, a link into asking, uh, tapping into you again for some more help. <laughs> I'll think of something. <laughs> um, I was just thinking about, the, the, about it in action, you know, about the, the manager and their report using it. Presumably they've both got the same software in front of them. They've yeah, they use, yes, they use one screen. So you share, you share a screen, yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. What I was thinking was it probably introduces a, a level of kind of equality about that process that perhaps wouldn't exist in the usual face-to-face, -face, you know, manager come in and let's have this uh, performance appraisal conversation, performance management conversation. They're, 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 for me, I'm imagining that there's a degree more collaboration about the feel of it. It's a conversation. It's, it's a, the individual, it's completely personalized because all of the coaching frameworks are empty until the individual puts their data in there. So um, we support the individual to identify the eight things that are most important to them that go in the wheel of anything. So we give them a menu of 28 that they have to choose their eight from. They have to redefine those eight. They have to score those eight. Um, they then score their well-being um, and then they add in their performance objectives that then get filtered through the GROW model. So everything's kind of pre-populated. So we really um, support managers to in the challenge that one size doesn't fit all i think in you know years gone by you have a form and this is just the process that we're going to go through with everyone now this is you know it's, it's it it ticks all the inclusion boxes because it in it, it it completely acknowledges that no two people are the same and that's that's coaching as well they don't know that but it's you know this is i am an individual and this is what i need to tap into in order for me to perform well um, and everyone no two people are the same and it enables a manager to really understand the nuances and individuality and drivers and everything about that one individual person so it's working extremely well with everything that's gone on in lockdown and people working remotely um, because it just it, it connects people and, and because you only use one screen it works really well over zoom or teams or yeah. So we work with Gymshark and um, they were rolling out quite slowly um, at the beginning of the year and then um, coronavirus uh, uh, kicked in and they said, right, let's get everybody onboarded really quickly and just ramp this up. And it's been game changing for them because they've just managed to stay connected and have really good conversations with their whole workforce remotely um, yeah. as well. Yeah. yeah. Cool.
You must feel really proud of what you've achieved to date. Yeah, I should, I should spend more time looking at what I've achieved. I spend a lot of time thinking about where I want to take it. Um, but yes, I am proud. I'm, I'm proud. And I, and I look at all the users on there. And again, this comes back to the why I, I do it. I, I, I still think of all the people that are being supported to reach their potential because of the tool. Actually, all the tool is one thing. You know, it's just a, it's a piece of software. But put in the hands of two people that are having a conversation, it, it enables great conversation. And from great conversation comes better things. And um, yeah. so all we've done is put, the managers are doing all the work, really. They've, you know, the, the conversation is doing is where the magic's happening. Yeah, it's kind of about reach and legacy and um, that sort of idea of empowering you know empowering the managers to empower the people who are working for them who probably then go on and empower others it's a beautiful kind of knock-on of coaching skills coaching conversations isn't it from one person to the next yeah i mean I, i'm a huge believer in capability being known on the job um and you know uh, you, you have to obviously training courses are really important where you need the content but you need to go out and use them to you know feel confident and comfortable doing it and an amazing byproduct of open blend and this isn't one that it was intended to have is that actually we're enhancing managers coaching capability because they're using four coaching frameworks on a regular basis with all of their people so just by default they're becoming more structured in saying well hang on a minute before we talk about what's going on now let's work out where you want to get to beforehand and let's always make sure that we end up with actions and let's always sign those actions off this is just good good practice so anna lessons for people who have been listening to us chatting away um what would you say to people who are leaving the barefoot program now or left within the last year and are sitting there thinking what do i do with all this top tips um gosh well everyone's so different aren't they and everyone will want to do different things with it i'm trying to think of a sort of a collective um just sometimes i don't know if it's a bit hippie to say it but just maybe don't try too hard let things evolve um and if you're do just follow the path of things that you're interested in view things as stepping stones i think it's quite nice so you know that it might be a small win but as long as you kind of know where you want to go it's a win in the right direction and just look at things in baby steps um and i think if you put too much pressure on yourself then i don't that's not going to do anyone any favors either so i think identify where you want to go um understand like put some thought into how you're going to navigate getting there and look at it as kind of stepping stones on on getting to where you want to. So, you know, if you want to set up your own, you know, independent coaching business, where, well, say for example, you wanted to, um, the business that I had, where I spent half of my time coaching people one on one, and half of my time going in and training people how to use coaching in leadership training. Um, you know, if you have a conversation with an organisation about that content, that's a massive stepping stone, even if it doesn't go anywhere. You know, it's a stepping stone because you've learned from that. And if, and if you get pick up one client, that's a stepping stone in that direction. So if you understand where you want to go, just look at little things. 
um, and break it down. So if you, if, you, if you spend too much time thinking about being where you want to get to and not the journey on getting there, I think it can be a bit demoralizing. Yeah, I think they're really wise words. I would add um, everything you do is an investment, even if it doesn't feel like it at the time. Yes. The person that you talk to in the pub or the a presentation that you do that you think went really badly that yep. but but they all come to fruition somehow that's what i've learned in yes journey you know i've spent a fortune on um exhibition stands at cipd exhibitions and various other things like that i thought that was a complete waste of time yeah, i couldn't then, agree more yeah but, but five years later something's come back from it um, when you really trace those breadcrumb trails back, they all had value. The, the, the other, come, you know, coming up with different ideas like the research, build your, think about what savvy ways you can build your network out. So the research was an amazing one, but you don't need to take something on as big as that. You could run a round table. People yeah. love round tables. So you could do a Zoom round table where you get you invite a number of kind of people that you know will help you get to where you want to get to. Put, put a subject matter on the table, facilitate that session um, and, you know, make sure they get a benefit out of it, but you're building relationships with those people. So just think kind of, of different ways that you can um, create those stepping stones. Yeah. Yeah. And also back to the beginning of our conversation. And I say this to everyone who leaves the program, realize that still most of the world out there hasn't experienced the benefit of being coached yes uh, and this is a gift that we have and we don't want to keep it a secret actually whenever anybody experiences being listened to like they've never been listened to before by being asked some powerful questions they literally kind of sit back in their chair and go wow yeah what kind of conversation is this and so um don't overcomplicate it I think the I think the other um, uh, thing I don't I probably learned this from you or whether I made it up along the way I don't know um, but that twenty percent when you're when you're coaching somebody twenty percent of the work happens when you're coaching and then eighty percent happens in between the two sessions and you know again don't put pressure on yourself to sometimes just listening or asking one question someone can walk away and and it could have the most incredible impact on that person so um again yeah like sit back and enjoy the power of the tools that you do have and i i said this to you kim um just just earlier that you know the tools that you leave barefoot with and, and you're just freshly trained on using them probably the best you're ever going to be at using those frameworks because you haven't picked up any bad habits or you know, you just in, feel confident and enjoy sitting back and using those frameworks and navigating people through them. Because essentially that's all you need to do is navigate them through those great tools. You know, do an open, do a uh, work-life blend on somebody and look at the conversation it, it comes out. It's a huge self-awareness tool for that individual. And um, yeah, just uh, the tools are there to make you feel more confident. So just sit back and enjoy them, I think. Yeah, thank you. Anna, thank you. Your enthusiasm passion, sense of mission, clarity and um, compassion for others is just uh, a delight. I, I love every conversation I have with you. I look forward to 
maybe doing this again in a couple of years' time to see uh, <laughs> Wendy's then. Yes. Thanks. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. It's always a pleasure to chat to you.